are obsessed with plans these days. Like they're like people worship them like idols these days. I've got my my workout plan. I've got my meal plan. I've got my retirement plan. The only thing that's wrong with having such a stringent plan is what if your plan is not the best plan? What if your plan is only based on your knowledge and because you're so stringent on your plan, there is no freedom for the Lord to come in and say, I see your plan, but I've got a better plan for you. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? We are knee deep into the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're taking every single opportunity you can to have a blast, to experience the joy of this season. I really want you to fully submerse yourself into the Christmas season this year. Enjoy it all, all the cookies, all the pies, all the parties, just fully submerse yourself into celebrating the birth of the Christ child. We are back. I have such a special word for you guys today after the break. We're continuing in our Christmas series. I love this word. I felt like the Lord just really dropped this in my heart. For those of you that have had a plan that has completely been destroyed (laughs) by something. (laughs) Anyone out there have been planning something and all of a sudden it's completely destroyed and you're like, what happened to my plan? I was on this great track. Uh, If that's you, I have an awesome word from God's word after the break. And we are really going to submerse our own selves into this Christmas story this season. I love making the Christmas story and the aspects of it very relatable. I think for years, the Christmas story was never super relatable for me. I couldn't find myself in the Christmas story. I wanted to know where I fit in that Christmas story. And there are so many practical principles in the Christmas story that can be applied to our lives. I just, I love teaching it every year and I love making it very relatable and very palatable. And I love that. um, I love making it to where you can see yourself there. You can relate to Joseph. You can relate to Mary. You can relate to Elizabeth and the different characters in the story. So can't wait after the break. That's what we're going to be doing. What's happening in my life where my life is crazy. I actually was thinking about my monologue today and this monologue could have gone in about 17 different directions. Okay. I have so many stories I could share with you. And I mean, so many, like so many, (laughs) but Haven the other day cracked me up forever And um, I feel like I just want to tell you guys the story. So for Christmas this year, I'm asking the kids, we go on like a December vacation every year and we we have just got back from that. And um, so, you know, because of the December vacation that we go on every year, because we kind of need 
like it's like a mid-year like recalibrate like you know our family come together unite unify the whole thing it's just a good time for us to go and um, because of that I tell the kids I ask each one of the kids what's three things that you definitely want for Christmas What's, what's three things? And I did that the other day. And, you know, uh, Grace Grace never asked for anything. So she's like, if she asks for something, I always try to make it happen just because she just, she just never asks us for much at all. I mean, she's pretty, she's, you know, when it comes to, like, material things and stuff like that, she's really low-key. Like, she's, like, not trying to, like, she's just kind of like a chill person when it comes to presents and things like that. Jude is not. He will. He he has no problem giving me all the ideas for Christmas, all of them. Sometimes I'll look down on my phone and he'll text me a couple more. You know, just uh, I thought of this, Mom. I thought he's no no shame in his game. You know, Moses is pretty standard. You know, I want a Nerf gun. I want you know a football. You know, things like that. It's pretty standard. And then I got to Haven the other day and Haven, my child, <laughs> she's just one of the most interesting people of all time. Like we went to this buffet style meal the other day and I said, go get, go make a plate with whatever you want. She brought a plate, set it down and it had a pile of bacon bits, like as her entree, um, one like teaspoon size thing of rice, probably because she knew that I wouldn't let her get away with the bacon bits and one piece of sausage. <laughs> that was, that was what she was going to eat. And I'm like, are you joking me right now, child? <laughs> you can't just eat bacon bits for dinner. Like she went to the salad bar and got a pile of bacon bits. Anyway, she's that kind of a person. She is just, she's built different, that per, that girl. Anyway, I said, okay, Haven, give me three things. What do you want? What do you want for Christmas? And she said, okay, mom, this is what I want. And I wrote these down for you. I want, uh, now she's seven. Okay. I want a toy truck that I can ride in, you know, those little like, like Hummer vehicles or whatever they are for like three to five year olds. That's what she wants. She wants that. Okay. I want a toy truck. Okay. You're not going to get that because you're seven and those are for little kids. Okay. Okay. I want a pony. That was her second thing she said. And I'm like looking at her going, what is happening? I want a toy truck. I want a pony, like a real pony, mom. Like I want a real pony, a real life pony. Okay, got it. <laughs> I want a life-size Barbie doll. I She saw like a Rapunzel doll that was as tall as her at Target. I want a life-size Barbie doll. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. And I also want a carpet piano. <laughs> like I had to look up what a carpet piano was. I guess it's like the pianos that they, that they, that the guy played in that movie big. I guess it was Tom Hanks when he was young. Anyway, I want a carpet piano. Okay. So let me get this straight. You want a toy truck that you're too big for a pony, a life-size Barbie doll and a carpet piano. Yes. And I want a wagon. <laughs> A wagon. Okay. And a wagon. These are the most random things ever. Oh, yes, mom. And the last thing that I want is a mini carousel. <laughs> you know the carousels that you see at the mall? I want one of those. Okay. So you want a mini truck, a, a toy truck that you can't fit in anymore, a life size Barbie doll, a pony. 
a carpet piano, a wagon, and a mini carousel. Yes, that's what I want. (laughs) I just said, okay, well, you're probably not going to get any of that stuff. So I'm going to need a new list. Anyway, I just laugh forever at that because, I mean, who asked for a mini carousel that you see in like a shopping mall or like one of those like strip malls? You know, they have the mini carousel. You put the dimes in or the quarters in or whatever. Nobody asked for that. Like, what is she thinking? I'm not going to buy her a mini carousel. Where do you even buy those at? Who? I don't even know where you get those. Anyways. So I have no idea what to get Haven. Um, no idea. If you have any ideas for a seven-year-old girl who likes bacon bits and mini carousels, let me know. <laughs> oh, this child. Anyway, that's what's happening in my world. I am going to be back right after the break with an amazing message from God's Word. I'll see you guys in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, we're back. I know, mini carousel. I know you guys are Googling where to buy a mini carousel. I just, I just, I just feel it. <laughs> oh, that child is never going to get a mini carousel. Anyways, um, here we are back. And I have just such a special little word. And I I even told Mike, uh, our producer, Mike, um, and Jessica before we started, I don't know if I'm fully flushed this word out in my own mind, but I just feel like I need to go ahead and present it, even though, even though I even want to think about it more. I just think it's so, it's such a good word, right? This whole podcast message is going to be for that one of you out there or two of you or 1000 of you out there who are facing a plan that you had planned, but for some reason it has been completely destroyed or a plan that you had planned for your life or for your marriage or for maybe your kids, finances, whatever. And something has happened in your life that has completely messed up your plans. I have such a heart for you guys today. And and if you're staring at a situation where you're like, this is not what I had planned. This is not what I bargained for. This is not what I 
thought was going to happen in my life or in this relationship or in my business or, or whatever it is. This word is so, so going to encourage you and it's so for your heart. I want to talk about Joseph today and you know, I'm kind of, um, this year I feel like I always have a theme and I feel like God has just not even given me a theme for Christmas. I think Christmas is just going to be our theme because Christmas encapsulates so many different incredible principles like I was talking about before of what God did in the genesis of Jesus's life. And one of the main characters that we see in the genesis of his life is Joseph. I've always loved Joseph. I always feel like just kind of like a connection to Joseph. I feel like he's kind of like the odd man out. Like we don't hear a lot about Joseph at all in the later part of his life. I mean, you know, he probably passed away at a younger age. We know that he was older than Mary. I, I kind of, ju- I just have a heart for him, right? Um, he just didn't seem to fit into this beautiful picture of the Christmas story. Um, you know, the angel appeared to Mary and said, uh, you know, you've high, blessed and highly favored one, you know. And Joseph was very much a part, obviously, of Mary's life, having been betrothed to her. So I always have such a heart for Joseph. And anything that Joseph says or does in the Christmas story has always really caught my attention. But today, as I was reading through the Christmas story, I was praying about, Lord, you know, what, what do you want me to share with everyone out there? I know there's lots of you guys that listen along and I was reading through and the Lord really highlighted one word to me and I'm going to read it. Um, I'm going to pick it up in Matthew one. We're going to start in verse 18 and we're going to talk about Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being righteous, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. I'm going to read verse 19 again. And Joseph, her husband, now before you were actually married in biblical times, you were called husband and wife. So we know that they were not married yet because of what the angel says, um, you know, basically a couple of verses later. Um, but they were at this point betrothed. So don't let that husband word trip you up because they actually called a betrothed couple husband and wife. And Joseph, her husband, being ri- a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. I've been stuck on this word planned and Joseph planned. He made a plan. I was thinking um, and actually asking the Lord today, how come we don't have the conversation of Mary telling Joseph, by the way, Joseph, (laughs) 
<laughs> Gabriel came and hung out with me and um, so, told me I was blessed and highly favored. And um, guess what? He said, because I was so favored, I found favor with God and I'm going to have the Christ child, the Savior, the Messiah of the whole world. And I'm pregnant right now. Like, wouldn't that have been an awesome a story for the Lord to include in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Like, wouldn't that, don't you just want to know how that conversation went? From the sounds of this verse, it didn't go great. <laughs> okay. I've been thinking a lot about what happened between Luke 1, which is where Gabriel came to Mary and said, you're blessed and highly favored and you're going to bear a son. And Luke 2, where Jesus is actually born in Bethlehem when Mary and Joseph had to go for the census, okay? I've been thinking about there is so much left out between Luke 1 and 2. I really wish that there would have been the conversation or Mary would have had a little dialogue that Jesus, uh, that God thought that needed to be included in to give us context for how Joseph took the news that who he was betrothed to was pregnant. I really wish he would have done that because inquiry minds want to know. Like, I know how private private conversations go with me and my husband. Some of them, you know, they go really well and they're awesome and we agree. And it's, you know, we, we sing Kumbaya and, you know, the conversation is over. But some of them don't go great, okay? We get into an argument and we can't agree or, you know, whatever. It seems as if from the text from what I can gather, that somewhere between Luke 1, where the, uh, Gabriel appeared to Mary, and Luke 2, there was a very intense conversation that went something like this. Joseph, betrothed husband, I got to tell you what happened. Gabriel showed up. I'm with child. Congratulations. I'm going to be a mom. In Matthew 1.19, it tells us, without telling us, how Joseph took the news. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Now, I know from my study why he was planning to send her away secretly. There are several options that you can consider, you know, because we don't have that dialogue between Mary and Joseph, and I really wish that we did because I want to know. But there's several different reasons as to why he could do this. Number one, he thought she was lying. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> really? Gabriel showed up, Mary. Like, are you serious? Like you're gonna have you're gonna have a baby via the spirit of God. Okay, Mary. Okay. Number two, he thought she was crazy. You're just telling like this is just not like what? <laughs> this is not happening. Number three, he didn't think he could be a part of it for whatever reason. And he just thought, I'm just gonna get away from this lady and let her do this Christ child stuff on her own. Number four. He wanted to protect him and her 
because in that day there was harsh punishment for a woman that got pregnant outside of the, uh, the confines of marriage. All of these different things, if you've ever sat and thought about that conversation, whichever one that he chose led him to one conclusion. The plan that I had for my life to marry Mary, to have children, to be a righteous man, to do the things that God wanted me to do, the plan that I had for my life, for my future, is gone. And it led Joseph to make a contingency plan. Being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, he planned not to marry her and to send her away secretly. Now, I'm very interested in why he is planning to send her away. And in my study, I was thinking, I wonder which one of those options it could be that Joseph just all of a sudden planned to put her away secretly. It could have been one of all of them. She was lying. She was actually pregnant by another guy. She was crazy. He he wasn't part of it. He didn't want to be a part of it. And he wanted to, or he wanted to protect him and her and just separate. Okay. But when I realized he was planning to send her away secretly, it brought me to Deuteronomy 22, 23 and 24. You know, the Bible says right here, and I know this is a lot of just biblical education uh, for you. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. The Bible calls him a righteous man. Now, in the eyes of the Pharisees, a righteous man would be a man who lives rightly by the law. So when I thought of Joseph and why he planned to put her away secretly, I realized there was a reason because the law gave him a direction on what he was to do in this certain situation. And being a righteous man, he wanted to do the right thing by the law so he could please God. Okay, let me read it for you. In Deuteronomy 22, 23, it says this. If there is a girl who is a virgin engaged to a man, that would be Mary and that would be Joseph, and another man finds her in the city and lies with her or in the biblical sense in the biblical sense lies with her then you shall bring them both out to the gate of the city and you shall stone them to death the girl because she did not cry out in the city and the man because he has violated his neighbor's wife because they're betrothed and they were considered husband and wife when they're betrothed thus you shall purge the evil from among you. That's pretty intense. So here, Mary, just think of the risk that Mary even telling Joseph was. This was what was supposed to happen to her when she told her husband in the betrothed sense what was going on. This was what she risked, being stoned to death. And Thus, you shall purge the evil from among you. So Mary risked being purged out of all of Israel because she came up pregnant. And Joseph knew what the law said. So my conclusion here is that Joseph at first did not believe what she said. 
He probably thought that she, being a virgin, had relations with another man. And if that happened, because there was no immaculate conception yet, if that happened, this would be, by law, the righteous thing to do. Divorce and put her away. And because he was a good guy, a good person, he wanted to, according to verse 19, he wanted to send her away secretly. And he didn't want her, obviously, to be stoned. I was thinking about his contingency plan and what he was planning to do. Joseph's plan in this case based on the law was the plan. I planned to marry Mary and then she turned up pregnant. So by law, by the law of, you know, in Deuteronomy, this is what I'm supposed to do. So he was doing what he thought was the right thing to do. So he made a plan. Joseph planned. I have just been thinking of you, thinking of my own self, thinking of my own life, um, thinking of things that Eddie and I, Eddie and I had a long conversation about this this morning. There's been so many things that we have planned to do. We have the plan. You know, you think you got, people are obsessed with plans these days. Like, like they're like, people worship them like idols these days. I've got my, my workout plan. I've got my meal plan. I've got my retirement plan. I've got my financial planners. I've got my this plan and my that plan. The only thing that's wrong with having such a stringent plan is what if your plan is not the best plan? What if your plan is only based on your knowledge and because you're so stringent on your plan, there is no freedom for the Lord to come in and say, I see your plan, but I've got a better plan for you. The problem with, and I'm like, listen, I understand plans. I'm not saying that. Uh, I think it's wise to have a plan, but let me say this, is your plan open to the Lord coming in and actually wrecking the expectation of what your plan would produce long down the road. Joseph had had the right plan. He was planning on marrying Mary and probably having a great life. The Christ child did not fit into his five-year plan. The Christ child, he could have never even considered to be a part of his plan. So what happens when you make a plan, a financial plan, a marriage plan, a five-year plan, a weight loss plan, whatever it is, and all of a sudden something happens in your life that completely disintegrates, deteriorates, and destroys your plan? What do you do? Do you stop? Do you back out? Do you say, okay, Lord, I see that you've completely trashed my idea of what a plan is, or do you seek him for what that means? The Bible says in Proverbs 19.21, many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. That verse is saying there's so many different plans. In your heart, a meal plan, 
a workout plan, a plan, a Dave Ramsey plan, all the plans. <laughs> but what happens when you're on that perfect plan? We're going to have a baby by year three. That's what we're going to do. Well, what happens when you just can't quite get pregnant on year three when you think you're ready and when you're planned and when you have your little nest egg? What do you do with your faith when your plan is destroyed? What happens? Well, my kids are going to go to this school. Well, what happens when financially you can't pay for your kid to go to that school or maybe something different? Maybe your kid doesn't get the grades to make it into that school. What happens when what you've planned for your child's life doesn't happen? Where does your faith go then? Do you back up? Do you retreat? Do you walk back? Do you throw your hands up because your plan failed and your plan is not working out the way that you want? Listen, I'm all for plans. I just want to challenge you. What happens if it doesn't work the way you want it to work? Joseph was doing the right thing by the eyes of the law. The law says when this happens, I'm going to put her away, but I'm, I'm not going to have her stone. I'm just going to put her away quietly. He was doing the right thing because what he had planned failed. I feel the spirit of God on this because I just feel like someone is listening to me right now and they're thinking, I am that one person who had a perfect plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave college. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to do this. It's going to be like this. I'm going to have the, the house with the white picket fence. All my kids are going to be well-behaved. Everything is going to be great. I'm not going to have any problems whatsoever. Why? Because I am trusting my vision board and my plan. Well, what happens when that plan isn't God's plan? Proverbs 16 says this, 16, 9. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I wanted to bring this verse into this context because the mind of a man plans his way. And listen, you should have a plan. But when the plan that you have fails or doesn't turn out the way that you want, I want you to do something for me if that's you and you're looking at your life and you're thinking, I'm looking at a mess. I'm looking at a messed up plan. I didn't see this coming. This is what something I would have never planned. What if God is so good that as Proverbs 16, 9 says, the mind of a man plans his way, but... The Lord directs his steps. What if your plan was going to keep you from his plan? So he had to tank your plan in order to get you on his plan. God is so good, you guys. He is so good that he will look at our financial plan, our Dave Ramsey plan, or whatever plan it is, and he'll say, yeah, that's a good plan. I mean, look at Joseph's plan. It was directly in in, uh, agreement with the law. It was part of the law. He was doing the right thing. 
But what he was planning to do was not what God had been planning for centuries to do with him. A man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. His plan being ruined to us from a human standpoint was actually God taking him and redirecting him. Because for centuries, Joseph had been chosen to be the earthly father of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah, the King, the Savior of the world, King Jesus. And God, in his unfathomable wisdom, stepped in to stop Joseph's contingency plan. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I wonder if you're looking at something so discouraged and so frustrated and so depressed because you're thinking, I just had this all planned out. I'm a planner. I know Amanda, my sister-in-law, oh my gosh, she's such a planner. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. The child walks around with, you know, seven different colored highlighters. Like she's got a plan for everything. And I respect her so much for that. But I'll tell you this, in July of 2018, my brother got in a terrible car accident who she is married to, and there was no highlighter for that. Everything about their life blew up. She had an opportunity in that moment. Do I go with a contingency plan? (laughs) What do I do here? Do we stop believing? Do we stop ministry? Am I going to stop caring for him? Or am I going to give my plans over to you, God? Am I going to say, this looks like a mess. This looks like spoiled potential. This looks like spoiled opportunity. This looks like a mess, a problem. But God, I'm going to take my spoiled plans and I'm going to hand them over to you. And I'm going to say, Lord God, bring something good out of my messed up plans. The mind of a man plans his way. Joseph was planning his way. But God was directing his steps. You see, Joseph didn't get it wrong in the beginning. Joseph was supposed to be Jesus Christ's earthly father. He was supposed to encourage me as an adoptive parent, watching how he navigated adopting Jesus, and especially in the beginning of his life and and growing him. He was supposed to be exactly where he was. It just looked a little different than what he expected. To those of you that are looking at foiled plans, botched plans, what you think is a botched future. And you're saying, what do I do here? Let me tell you what happened to Joseph. It's so gorgeous. So it's so wonderful. Matthew 120. It's the next verse, guys. But when he had considered this, he was considering it. He was going to do it. He had his plan. He knew what he was going to do. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Now, Jesus came from the bloodline of who? David. Joseph 
was a son of David. Joseph literally was prophecy fulfilled for Jesus, you guys. He had to be part of this crazy plan. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So, oh, oh, what we got? We're having a dream. And the angel of the Lord is telling Joseph exactly what Mary just told him. Precisely. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what I just said. What was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, Joseph knew the scriptures. So when the angel of the Lord referenced that in a dream, he knew what the angel of the Lord was referring to. He was a righteous man. He lived according to the law. And we know that because what he was about ready planning to do. Verse 24, and Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. And Joseph awoke and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. What did he do? In the midst of the wrecked plan that he was getting ready to (laughs) literally walk out and divorce Mary and be done with her because surely she wasn't telling the truth. The Lord stepped in. I love what it says, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Take Mary as your wife. When he had considered this, the Lord stepped in. What are you considering as a result of your botched plans? Oh, I thought I was going to, I thought I'd be there by now. I thought we owned that house by now. I thought this was what I, the promotion I was going to get. I thought my child was going to make it into this college. I didn't think marriage was going to be like this. (laughs) I've heard that one before. (laughs) I didn't think parenting was going to be like this. It's not according to my plans. I didn't plan for this. What are you considering? Because your plans seem to be ruined. Here's the thing. Joseph's plans were never ruined. What he was planning to do would have ruined the plan. Whatever state you're in, if you're looking at a failed plan and thinking, what are my options? Which is exactly what Joseph did. I want you to do exactly what he did as well. He listened to the Lord. A man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. The mind of a man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. I want you to take the wreckage. I want you to offer it up to the Lord. And I want you to say, what do you have planned? Because my plan failed, but I know you still have a plan for me. 
And as soon as you wake up, do what God says. To some of you guys, that's going to take massive faith. I really do believe that Joseph is the foreshadowing of the grace of God in the Gospels. Because Joseph had to look at Mary and he had to say, I'm going to give this whole situation grace. I really also think he encapsulates the scriptures that say the righteous, the Bible calls him righteous, will live by faith. It says that multiple times. It says it in Habakkuk. It says it in, in um, Romans. It says it all over the Bible. The righteous will live by faith. I really feel like Joseph, as the earthly father of Jesus, encapsulated faith because it wasn't based on looks. And he also encapsulated grace. And he was a foreshadowing of what Mary was actually bringing into the world. That's my own personal opinion. Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't like going to this verse because I think it's overused. But it is absolutely perfect when you're talking about plans. Maybe even the prophet Jeremiah was referring to Joseph in this moment. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. I want you to take those plans, those spoiled plans, those plans that are not working out, and I want you to offer them up to the Lord, and I want you to tell the Lord, take them, direct my steps because of them. Show me what I need to do next as a result of these messed up plans. And I'm telling you what, the Lord will direct you. This happened, you guys, when we adopted the babies. We had a failed adoption. It wasn't even failed. The woman was, she wasn't even pregnant. She was lying. But she was pregnant with twins. I never thought about adopting twins ever. I never thought about it. I thought, there's no way we're going to have four kids. No way. My plan was to have one. <laughs> and Because I couldn't even conceive of adopting two. I just, I just wasn't part of the plan, guys. Wasn't part of the plan. But we got matched with this girl who was pregnant with what, identical twin girls. And I know I just told this story on the adoption bonus miles. And we walked with her not knowing she wasn't pregnant for several months. And God did a work on my heart in those several months. He opened up my heart to the possibility of adopting two. We walked with her. We became so excited about these two little lives that God was going to give us. And then right before we were going to supposedly meet these children. The plan got destroyed when we found out she wasn't even pregnant at all. You talk about a plan and a heart and a family who's devastated. We were devastated. But do you know what I did with, I remember the day, I'll never forget it. I took my plan and what I so desperately desired. 
all the wreckage, all the breakage, all of the everything. And I put it in the hands of the Father. And I said, God, bring about your plan because of it. And two years later, little Moses Miles and little Haven Miles were born. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He knows the plans he has for you. And he'll take those foiled plans, those botched plans, and he'll direct your steps to his plan for you. Lord, we love you today. We trust you. We adore you, Lord. I thank you for Joseph. I thank you for his example. I thank you for how amazing he was. I thank you that he awoke and obeyed. I pray for that person right now that is struggling, Lord, so bad with the plans that were just destroyed. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would comfort them and that they would lift up that plan to you and say, God, fix it. Direct me. And God, I pray that you would be the faithful God that you are and you would do that. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I'll be back with you with a story and a question right after the break. Stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Autumn and I want to know family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching Autumn at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, guys, we're back from the break. I have a question from one of you guys. It's such a good question. We're talking about, let's see, the podcast that we did last week where I talked about it's God's responsibility to fulfill his word for you. And it is. It is God's responsibility for him to fulfill his word to you. It's your responsibility to be obedient, okay? And this question comes out of that, and I think it's a really great question. But what about when you don't do your part? When you fail to do your part, what if you want to obey, but it's scary and you fumble it or chicken out, or you think you know what you're supposed to do, but end up forcing it? This is what I think this person is asking. God is responsible for doing his part, but what if I don't do mine? What if I don't do mine? I will say, you know, when it comes to the promises of God, and let me just answer this question this way. There is always a process. You know, there is, there is a process. We are saved by grace through faith. What's the process? Believing in Jesus. By grace through faith, there is a process to the promise. And I think it's important to know that God is very gracious with our process so if you feel like you failed or you've given up or you haven't done exactly what you were supposed to do, God is so gracious 
that he and he is so patient with you, I would try again. But there is always a process to God's promises. Okay. So when you're asking me, what if I failed? Um, how do you know if you failed? Maybe you're, you're slow in obeying, but uh, how do you know that you failed? I know, this is what I know about God's character. He is gracious. He is good. He is unfailing. His mercies are new every single morning. If I was to recount all the times that I think I have failed and yet somehow God has blessed me anyway, it humbles me to the core to think like that. So that promise still stands. You've just got to follow the process to that promise. I think maybe we give up too easy. We think that God's not greater than our mistakes. And I would push back on that. And I would say, well, then try again. Because he is the most merciful, gracious thing you will ever encounter times a trillion. Try again. Those promises. Yes, there are processes attached to them. There's a journey attached to them. But with the promise is a gracious God that's saying, just try again. This is how you're going to get this thing, but you've got to follow my process. Okay. I think that's a really, really good question because I think sometimes we're like, well, God was promising me this and then I just failed and now I'm never going to have it. Um, That's just not true. I wanted a good marriage. Well, I failed my first marriage. But God is so good and so gracious. Second time around, I was going to do it right. And I abided by his principles and God blessed me with an awesome second marriage. Okay. He is good. He is gracious. Don't count yourself out. Don't say God's no for him, guys. Okay. Um, this is a testimony from a follower. And I love this. I'm obsessed. I wanted to reach out to you and thank you. This is very sweet. I found your videos at the weakest moment in my life. I was undergoing kidney dialysis and was also blind for a short period of time. She was blind, you guys. My mom would find your videos and play them so I could listen. Since then, I've received a transplant and I've also had eye surgery to help with my vision. It sounds like a bluff, but I promise you it's a miracle. The word of God and just hearing you always help me through. I just wanted to thank you. So guys, this woman was incredibly sick. She was blind and God came and gave her a kidney transplant and now she can see. She had a surgery to help her vision. This is happening among us, guys. This is an absolutely incredible, incredible story. So Amanda, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I love it. Keep them coming, guys. I want to know what is God doing in your life? You can uh, DM us on our socials or you can email hello at autumnmiles.com. And um, we would absolutely love, love, love to hear from you. Okay. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. I'll see you next week with another week of something about Christmas. It's going to be great. You're going to want to join us. I'll see you then. Have an awesome week. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. 
She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.